0: everybody, welcome to Studio Z, a podcast of empowerment, abilities over disabilities. I'm your host, Melissa Marvel. Katie Wolf-Whaley is the director of the Kentucky Supported Employment Training Project and oversees other contracts with the State Office of Vocational Rehabilitation at the University of Kentucky Human Development Institute. She coordinates training and technical assistance for service providers and presents on personalized employment supports for people with disabilities across the state and nationally. She currently serves as the President of the Kentucky Chapter of APSI, sits on the National Board of APSE, and chairs Kentucky's Employment First Council. Katie holds a Bachelor of Arts degree from Ohio Wesleyan University and a Master of Social Work from the University of Kentucky. So today we'd like to welcome Katie Wolf Whaley to our show. She is with the University of Kentucky, and Katie, just to make it simple, I'm just going to have you explain what department you're with and what exactly do you do, and then we'll get more into why we're together today to chat about something very important. How's that?
1: That sounds good. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Melissa. So I work at um, the Human Development Institute at the University of Kentucky, and we are under the vice president of research. We're not associated with a particular college, um, but we are one of a network of university centers for excellence and disability across the country and so hdi um, has projects initiatives training research all across the lifespan pertaining to um, different aspects of disability
0: excellent so katie and i met each other actually through uh, zoom groups involvement with uh, what is called supported employment and that is a program whereby we are trained to become specifically supported employment specialists and we go through the training that the university of kentucky and katie provides and then as we graduate from that program we then are able to provide supported employment services through zoom group uh the organization so with that um katie and i've always chatted just about you know getting the word out and letting people know what it is and there's been a lot of change within our state uh, within the last few years starting in 2018 and so uh, with that those changes i I think it's just really important that the community becomes aware of it, the, the opportunities for the individuals with disabilities, mm-hmm. and some of their desires to uh, fulfill vocational goals and whatnot. So without further ado, uh, Katie is going to just uh, start sharing with us a little bit about employment first, mm-hmm. uh, how it came about, what is it, and then we'll just kind of have more flow of conversation.
1: Yeah, Thanks. So, as you mentioned, I do train people all across the state who provide supported employment. And so, supported employment is a service um, funded through the State Office of Vocational Rehabilitation to help people with a significant impact figure out what a good job could be and then go to work. Um, It's been around since the early 80s, but what we've seen is employment rates haven't necessarily shot up the way maybe we would hope they Mm -hmm. would for people. And so, um, Employment First has really become a big shift in our field of focus. And so, Employment First is the idea that for people with disabilities of working age, who receive publicly funded services, that employment be that first and priority option of service. It doesn't mean that people have to go to work, but that if they choose to go to work, that's where we prioritize our services. You know that we have, we spend money on lots of different types of services Mm -hmm. for people with disabilities, so now it's really looking at employment, which is that general expectation for adults in our society. that people go to work, that we have that expectation for everyone.
0: Exactly. And I think it's wonderful that we are, you know, the views or the uh, perceptions of individuals with disabilities over the years has also transitioned in the fact that many of the individuals um, used to be basically in, in programming and kind of isolated from the world, mm-hmm. and yet now our, our focus and our mission is to, you know, give everybody the opportunity <clears throat> to be in the community. Uh, the Employment First uh, opportunity is actually in, I believe, 41 states at this point. It is. So I am thrilled that it's beca- getting, gaining more and more momentum, mm-hmm. and so, uh, what do you? What kind of triggered that change for the state of Kentucky uh, about 2018? Do you? So do you it was. The shift?
1: You're right. There are 41 states that have employment first, either as legislation and or as an executive order. Um, prior to 2018, former Governor Bevin um, brought together a task group on um, Work Matters, which mm-hmm. was an initiative of, of governors across the country looking at. Um, different segments of the population that tend to have lower rates of employment and how can we promote employment opportunities for more people across our commonwealth and across our country Um, and the idea of employment first part of that came out of that conversation and maybe got attention. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're right. In 2018, we had our first executive order stating that employment first is the first and preferred option for people in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And then again in 2020, um, another executive order was signed by Governor Beshear, which is exciting in our state to show it's not a partisan issue. Right. It's just good policy.
0: Right. I, I, I am thrilled. I was actually uh, very excited in 2018 and, and, and more so to your point in 2020. So from a standpoint of, of where we are today, mm-hmm. uh, what are the challenges? What are the issues? What, what do we need to do as a community? How can we get the word out? You know, what steps can we do as actionable items to further this uh, awareness and, and uh, opportunity for individuals with disabilities?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. We've seen these historically low employment rates for mm-hmm. people with disabilities and these long-held beliefs that the people with disabilities don't work and that they can't contribute to our economy in meaningful ways. And, and you and I both know that that's just not true because we've seen it too right. many times, absolutely. right? Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and so it's, it's really raising those expectations and shifting that belief system across our society. And that includes um, you know, employers, educators, families, people with disabilities themselves, our service system and the way that we provide services and supports for people to get everyone on that same page of employment as that first thing that we look at in people's lives. I mean, mm. I, I work, <laughs> I, I have a full time job <laughs> and I do other things in my life too, but right. I, my schedule is set by my work, by, by my employment, right? That's my, my priority of timing and then I fit those other things in volunteering, activities that I do, time with friends and those kind of things. But um, I, since
0: my boss might be listening, employment is where my schedule <laughs> Well, I'm going to laugh. Ends. I'm going to laugh because I'm looking at you as you're saying that that's your primary calendar. And it's like my children have always said to me, you live by your calendar. Well, my calendar is all work. So I, I totally appreciate that. And that's why I was kind of chuckling and smiling. But you're right. I mean, and, and you know, a lot of uh, individuals, regardless of a disability or not, mm-hmm we find purpose and value in who we are as a person by what we do through work. Yeah. So the the fact that we are now looking uh, to start working with the families younger mm-hmm. and to address, you know, they too can have this opportunity. We just need to get the tools in the toolkit, make sure that, make sure that they're accessible to these individuals right. and help them along the way so that when they do graduate, they have that opportunity because that purpose will fall in line, and and hopefully, you know, through through our resources and, and efforts, we can have those individuals secure uh, jobs. And I think um, one of the things that I'd like for you to share, um, you know, within the Employment First the initiative about competitive integrated employment and mm-hmm. kind of what that is.
1: Yeah. So when we ta- when I talk about employment in regards of employment first, um, the the technical language, as you said, is competitive integrated employment, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and what that means is that somebody is finding a job that that typically exists in the community right anybody could could work at this business it's fair wage so comparable to what other people doing similar work in that business are earning and that they have that opportunity to be around other people without disabilities just like any other employee would so it's 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 that technical language right. in our service system, right. but what it means is a real job for a real wage, not a business that was intentionally created to hire people with disabilities mm-hmm. or that uses um, an older federal statute that allows for less than, than the minimum wage, but that it's real work for a real wage.
0: Understood, understood. So, um, you know, how and, and how will or um, how do you see? this transition occurring within our state uh, because this is at a state-by-state level. I think that's kind of important to note that if you're listening from another state, it might be slightly different. Uh, But how do you see that moving forward for the state of Kentucky at this point?
1: So just because we have these great executive orders doesn't mean that, like, we woke up on May 16th of 2018 and everything was different, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And so you're (laughs) right. I think a big part of the focus has to start – um, when people are young, mm-hmm. um, to, to really set those expectations for for so long, um, the, the word disability often has been seen as a way to opt out of the workforce, mm-hmm. and and, and that's, we want to make sure that that's not the right. case. That families have high expectations and that they think about their children who happen to have a disability of growing up and and, and having a, a good adult life as they would for any of their other kids. And that really starts in our school system. Mm-hmm. And educators have so much on them already. And I am very thankful for the teachers in right. my children's life right. who work very hard. Um, but just that if we say employment first is that priority, that that becomes our planning process. Because a big part of what schools do, right, is prepare our kids to become adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have all kinds of official planning systems within our school system. There's the individualized education plan in IEP. Um, very, very familiar with. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure you are. And then, and you know a lot about that idea of transition, right? So that transitioning from school to what comes next. Um, and so when we look at employment first across our state, it's that idea that, that what comes next for our students mm-hmm. is either going on to post-secondary education or is employment. Mm-hmm. And that kids aren't graduating to the couch or entering other types of places where people with disabilities go, but that they're taking advantage of um, those work experience opportunities in school and internships and that that becomes a part of that planning process Mm because we know that students who work while they're in high school are much more likely to work when they're adults um, and that we find those opportunities for all of our kids, um, including the kids who might receive special education services.
0: So, you know, we both know that the schools they already have a lot of responsibility. So what can we as community or families also do to perhaps make sure that that they have access, the families have access or the employers are knowledgeable and can help facilitate access?
1: Right, so on the school end, I think it's a matter of everyone having that shared priority and vision that from a young age you know you're thinking about what's it going to look like in this class in this class and as they get older but when we get to that transition planning then employment becomes a part of that conversation okay. and it's I think sometimes it's just really easy for it not to be a part of the conversation because I'm I'm a parent of teenagers, it's really easy to get focused on the here and now and what's happening in our life, and mm-hmm. I kind of don't want to think about what's coming a couple years down the road, <laughs> um, but we need to be, like for my children, I know I need to be, we all need to be, um, and that those those vocational goals, that looking at this is what's coming next is really kept at the forefront. and. And it's not on top of teachers to do everything, because you're right, they have a lot to do, but knowing that those services and systems um, do exist mm-hmm. when kids are out of school, that we have a state office of vocational rehabilitation whose main focus is to help Kentuckians with disabilities to obtain or maintain employment. Okay. Um, and our schools and voc rehab talk together well, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes maybe it, could, it, it needs to happen for everybody, right? right. That, those adult services aren't mandated like education is, mm-hmm, and so true. you have to know to ask. That's families exactly. Families need to know that there are, that voc rehab exists and that places like Zoom Group exist and that we have a network of these agencies across the state.
0: So what, just kind of interjecting in this point, like what can Zoom Group do or what can we do as individuals again to get that dialogue and to let these families know that Office of a vocational rehab is available mm-hmm. because that's one of the things and it actually precipitated how Studio Z came about because I'm getting calls at Zoom Group going, Well I wasn't aware of this and, and so on and so forth. And so when I hear that it's not prominently known, it's like, okay, we need to create a vehicle. Mm -hmm. To get this word out there. So outside of trying to do this in a simple form of a podcast to get it out to as many people as possible, what other things do you think we can do? Because it is, it's essential. I know that the Office of Vocational Rehab does a fabulous job, Mm -hmm. but it is, it's connecting the people to the resource. Right. So do you have any tidbits for that or...
1: So I think I, what I would hope to see is that family groups start talking about that. Okay. So I, I think a lot of parents are a part of, um, you know, here in Louisville, you have the Down syndrome, syndrome mm-hmm. um, of Louisville that involves a lot of families and other types of family groups. A lot of kids who might be involved in Special Olympics or yes. other activities as well to know that. Okay. Okay. The Office of Vocational Rehabilitation exists, that there are a lot of agencies out there that can really know and get to know your son or daughter as they grow and are looking for employment to figure out not just any job, but what a good job can be. Um, But it's really spreading that word, I think. The word comes best when it's from trusted people mm-hmm. so the more we can get educators to realize that this needs to be a part of the conversation students and families look to teachers and trust them um, right. or to each other right so if one mom talks to another mom about good experiences they've had or or what it took to find a good job that we can learn from our other moms i think as as parents we often appreciate that um but I'll, as the service system we can put good service out there and good information, Mm -hmm. but we need people to talk to each other because they trust each other (laughs) more than they do those agencies um, that maybe they haven't interacted with yet.
0: Well, I think that it's a great prompt for me to get a little bit more actively engaged uh, for Zoom and also speak more with those parents. Uh, one of the things that has happened before we had the ability to do pre-employment transition services, which is something we haven't really touched on, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a precursor to to that's a part of the discussion when you're doing that transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is a service out there, but we as providers need to go out into the community more and find those family groups mm-hmm. and talk to the the child level agency because in the in the youth mm-hmm. there are a lot of. Nonprofit agencies or providers that are facilitating services, particular to disabilities mm-hmm. like the visually impaired, cerebral palsy. There's just a variety of them. So I guess what you've just given me is a call to action to go meet with those executive directors and say, "Hey, let's start the conversations yeah. now." And and until this point, I really hadn't put that you know up probably as much as a priority. But thank you for that. <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> and and when we have something like employment first, the the hope and the plan is that because we have said this is the priority for the commonwealth Uh that we just have to be more intentional on those conversations and those connections Mm -hmm. um so often we all work in silos (laughs) where you know a a state agency or an organization is really good at what it is they do Mm -hmm. and we might not look at because it just are more things to take on knowing what other parts of the system do or knowing what others have to offer and what happens is you're right. Then, then people and families don't know, they don't know to ask for what they don't know exists. Exactly.
0: You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Kind of, that's the beauty of if you've, you can't miss something that you've never had. But if you don't know about it, how can you take advantage of it, or or, or not take advantage, but utilize it as a, an additional tool and right. and to help move you forward. So, from a standpoint, um, what may may employers do? To help in this situation as well, right? So if people are going to get jobs,
1: <laughs> employers are a big part of this equation, right? So first, employment first. It, it, there aren't any mandates on employers. It's not telling a business who they have to hire in any way, um, but it, um, it does bring to the table. We hope more employers in the business community to realize that people with disabilities are a key part of our workforce, mm-hmm. right? And again, it's. So often that disability gets associated with that social security disability benefit and it's a way for people to opt out of the workforce and that to not look at it in that way, but here's another area to recruit potential mm-hmm. employees. Absolutely. Because employment first is is first and foremost, it's a workforce issue. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's not a disability issue, it's a workforce issue. Right. And for people who need additional supports or thought and planning or a You know, accommodations, Mm -hmm. assistive technology, the disability system is there to help support that so people can figure out a good job where they can contribute and be productive. Um, But that work is work, right? And so this lies in that conversation. Exactly, (laughs) and it is a lot of work.
0: Right. Uh, Well, I guess, you know, when you're bringing that up about the employers, I think a couple things in the state of Kentucky. We are struggling with a uh, limited workforce. We're having a a labor shortage. So, you know, this is an optimal time to really think about more abilities and broaden the spectrum of, of bringing others in. And I think it's also important to, and I didn't know this until not too long ago, but you know if you do have a disability and you are employed or you seek to be employed and you just need tools you personally can even reach out to the office of vocational mm-hmm. rehab and and access accommodations or technology that will help you be successful in your role. That's another thing that I didn't know that they did. Yeah. So there there are really a lot of resources out there, but we just don't know about them. And right. then just the awareness concept from you and I co- having conversations, and then the family conversations that are out and about, and other providers as well. I think that you know just kind of transitioning the employer and. Some of the employers that Zoom has spoken with, they they vocalize concerns because they're not certain that they have the ability to Mm -hmm. work with an individual that might need supports that they might have behavioral challenges or, you know, accommodating needs that they may not know how to handle because Mm -hmm. they don't have that experience. But I think that's another thing that's important to communicate to to everyone is that the Office of Vocational Rehab Mm -hmm. supported employment specialists. That's what we do that's what they do right. and so they're very they're key essential to having that successful transition that supported employment professional mm-hmm. is there to be alongside the individual uh, up front to help get that person's uh, person-centered plan mm-hmm. that you know to try to help them get exactly the job that they want yeah. Uh, so that it's not just a square peg and a round hole kind of right. environment, but also that that coach can be there to work with the employer as well mm-hmm. so that it can be a smooth transition. and so I think that's important for the you know folks out there to to realize as well that that's another opportunity with employment first to, to garner a supported employment specialist yeah. to bring into the equation
1: yeah so in employers are, are well aware of the fact that turnover is expensive yes <laughs> in in any type of economy and that recruiting can be difficult, and you're right, with even pre-COVID, we were expecting labor shortages in Kentucky, Um, and we've certainly come to see that today. I mean, you have to listen to the news for three seconds, and you hear (laughs) about the need for employees, um, and and all these different pushes we have to diversify our applicant pool, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether it be second chance hiring initiatives that um, the state is doing, or diversity, equity, inclusion, because we know that diversifying our applicant pool is good business. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes there is that hesitancy, be, one, because people with disabilities haven't always been thought of in that conversation, mm-hmm. and that, I think, the fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. um, that it might be harder, that it's going to be harder than it, it needs to be. Um, on one end, you're right, if our voc rehab and our supported employment services are doing their job well, they've really gotten to know that job seeker. And um, not just going out and applying for the first thing they see, but what would a good job look like for this person? Mm-hmm. Um, so often we think of those stereotypical kind of jobs for people. And not not that working in fast food isn't a good job for some people, but if, you know, if, if your brain processes a task best of, from a very clear beginning to an end, I move on to the next, and you're moving forward, Mm -hmm. then something like being a lobby attendant could be really difficult. (laughs) Because you clean the table, you move on to the next one, someone messes it up, and now your sequence has gotten out of whack. It's not, a lot of us might think the work isn't difficult, but if it's not how you process information, it makes it harder, and so you become more reliant on someone else to help you with it, or there might be some behavior issues or, Lots of us have behavior Behavior issues. issues. (laughs) We call them frustrations on the job. Just a bad day at the office. (laughs) Who hasn't had a bad day at the office? Um, But if we're getting to know someone well and putting thought into where that person could work, and then learning about that business, too, right? Like, helping that employer by saying, what are your hiring needs? What's it like to work in your company? And what's most important to you? So that when they are recommending employees, not only are we bringing you a potential employee, but I know this person, and I've learned enough about your business that I think this could be a good fit for both of you. Mm -hmm. Because when we help people find jobs, and we help employers get good employees, Mm -hmm. then everybody is winning. Yes, it's
0: a win-win, and that's really, really valuable. And and whatnot. Um, So what else would you like to share with us about employment first? And, um, you know, other call to actions or what is the, I know... You know, in the um, intro, we talked about you're a part, you're on, you're leading Kentucky's Apsy, and then you're on the national board of Apsy. Because we use acronyms in our environment, let's just step back one <laughs> sec. Would you like to explain, uh, give the actual name of what Apsy stands for? We'll yeah. Go there. So
1: Apsy is a national advocacy and membership organization that stands for the Association of People Supporting Employment First. Um, And so I have been um, on the the national board of that organization and a part of Kentucky EPSI also for a long time. Um, And they work with um, members, so providers who provide these employment support services, people with disabilities, states, to to help make sure that the things work better, right? Mm -hmm. Because the ultimate goal is that employment rates for people with disabilities go up. Yes. And that we see more and more people entering the workforce in, in good jobs and showing what they can do. Um, And and so EPSI does a lot of work around education and helping people know those good strategies. Because when good strategies are implemented, Mm -hmm. people with disabilities, including people with significant disabilities, get good jobs.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So education. um, But then they're also able to do some work at the policy level and looking at initiatives like Employment First and how do we make it more than just words, but how do we really get things to move forward. And, And so much of that is is dependent upon the people in states and understanding what it can look like. So if we've seen a state that has had their employment rates increase for people with disabilities, what did we do and Mm -hmm. how can we bring some of that to our state that works in a way that it could work for Kentucky? Um, And and maybe what didn't work so well, so we might want to avoid that, or how do we make it work here? And so learning from what other states have done can be really helpful, but how can we do that in a way that makes sense for Kentucky?
0: Understood. So if any, if individuals uh, listening have questions Mm -hmm. about Employment First or APSEE, do you have any specific direction that you would like to send them or recommend for them?
1: Yeah, so um, APSEE has, everyone has a website, a Facebook (laughs) page, they probably have other things, but I'll do as much other social media. So it's www. Dot APS.E.Org dot is APS.E.Org, where you can learn more about employment first and what that really means. Here in Kentucky, we have um, EmploymentFirstKY.Org, and that's our state employment first page. It's still kind of in the beginning stages of a web page, but it has the executive order. It has some other resources, um, and my contact information is on there as and
0: well. I, and I was going to say, that's really what's most important, if they, if they have questions of you, that they can yeah. reach out to you. And, you know, it's one of those things, if you want to uh, share this uh, podcast, please do so. And if you want to see more information, we're going to place it on our Studio z. Space website as well. Wonderful. And so we... Um, I love exploring this with you. I, I look forward to having another conversation about where Employment First is going, mm-hmm. how it is learning from other states, because I believe that's underway. And to your point, you know, bringing to Kentucky best practices for the, for employment, for individuals that might have otherwise had barriers. This is a very exciting time. Okay. And so I'm just looking forward to continuing our dialogue and sharing with more people about uh, thinking about employment, thinking about the opportunity to bring in individuals with disabilities into their employ, and then just being a part of the the, the success. Yeah. So, but I uh, thank you very much for being on this segment, and I can't thank you enough. And it's a it's a pleasure. So. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. All right, Katie. Well, we will stay in touch. And everybody, thank you very much for joining us on Studio Z. And we'll look forward to you uh, for our next session. Thank you. Have a good day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining. To see upcoming guests, check us out at StudioZ.space.